On Wednesday, November 3rd, Dan Morphy posted a set of photos to Facebook that sent seismic shockwaves through the Star Wars collecting community. Morphy, the owner of Morphy Auctions, a Pennsylvania-based auction house, shared images of what he had called a total warehouse find. This find contained 450 carded Kenner figures that had been housed in their original shipping containers since the 1980s. And most of them appeared to be in excellent condition, especially for toys that survived four decades of storage. In addition to the quality of the offerings, what caught the attention of the community was the quantity. As collectors, we see images of the Kenner toys on a daily basis. But when was the last time you saw eight of each of the first 21 figures? Eight carded Han Solos, eight Princess Leias, eight Chewbacca's. Other than when they appeared on store shelves in the late 70s, when do you recall seeing eight 21-back carded Boba Fetts side by side? And the Luke Skywalker assortment harbored a nice surprise. It included five of the rare double-telescoping lightsaber variants, prized by collectors, and each worth tens of thousands of dollars. For figures from The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and Power of the Force lines, the lot contained three of almost every figure released by Kenner in the 80s. The Empire Strikes Back offering included some desirable figures, like the 31B Bespin Luke figure, whose card back contained a full shot of Luke against a white background before Kenner swapped it for a close-up image against a blue one. A surprising addition to this find was that a number of figures from the later lines had clear bubbles. It's rare to find an Imperial Gunner, an EV-99, or a Luke Jedi whose bubble hasn't started to turn an amber color yet making the Morphe auction even more noteworthy. And one of the most exciting groupings in the images was a lot of 24-carded Yoda figures from The Empire Strikes Back, with the original shipping container. After the film's premiere, Kenner had shipped exclusive cases of the tiny green creature to meet consumer demand. These 450 carded figures would sell three months later to the highest bidders at Morphe's Toys, Sports Cards, and General Collectibles auction on February 1st, 2023. In the time between the initial post and February's auction, the format for the sales changed. Originally, Morphe announced the figures would be sold in lots and would be grouped by character. So if you wanted a 21-back Boba Fett, you'd have to bid on the lot of eight of them. The auction house was advised to split the figures into individual lots, opening up the bidding to a wider collecting audience. Morphe Auctions also published a beautiful hardcover catalog commemorating the toy auction. Collectors have discussed the action figure auction over these past few months. Some wondered if the original format was more enticing, or whether the new format of individual figure listings would bring in higher hammer prices. Others guessed at where the prices for certain items would land, and who would be bidding on them. Would these figures go to actual collectors, or would dealers and resellers snatch them up, only to grade them and to sell them to the community at even higher prices? And would deep-pocketed individuals make a play for some of the bigger pieces to eventually put them into a catalog in a completely different auction house? I had planned to attend the Pennsylvania event this past week. I wanted to see these figures in person. 
I wanted to see how Morphe handled these lots and what a Star Wars-centric auction was really like. Unfortunately, I was unable to attend. I was incredibly disappointed because I wanted to bring the experience to you and to explain what I saw and what happened during the hours in which action figure after expensive action figure sold at a breakneck pace. But the magic of each Star Wars story comes from the power of friendship. And our friends who were there graciously volunteered to share their experiences with all of us. This is a look at the February Morphe auction of Star Wars memorabilia. This is a collection of stories from that Wednesday in Denver, Pennsylvania. This is what it was like to witness the sales of more than 450 Kenner action figures in the company of friends and collectors. This is the first big collecting event of the year. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. auction really like? If you're a Star Wars collector, you may have been at home or at work bidding on the 450 carded figures online. When the auction began at 9am on Wednesday, February 3rd, you may have been using an auction app on your phone to bid or to just follow along. But what was it actually like to be there? What was it like to view the figures and original shipping containers in person? How did it feel to be in the auction room with other collectors and interested bidders as the lots whizzed by over the course of a few hours? Sitting in front of a screen, you may have missed out on some of the elements that only come from being there. The Morphe auction was the first notable Star Wars collector's event of the year, and over the past few months, it had an impact on our hobby. It fostered discussion about the state of the current collector's market, it pushed people to brush up on their knowledge of vintage Kenner carded figures, especially if they were preparing to bid on some of the items. And truly, one of the best parts about it is that it gave collectors a reason to travel out to Pennsylvania to spend a day together during the winter, surrounded by hundreds of Star Wars figures and collectibles. I've learned so much from other collectors, and the conversations leading up to the Morphe auction continued that education. I've asked some of the collectors who attended this week's auction to record moments live from the auction house, to give us a taste of what they witnessed. And after the auction ended, I spoke with some of them for a series of collector conversations to delve further into their experiences from that day at Morphe Auctions. 
Very shortly, we'll join Chewbacca collector Steve Renzi as he and Andy Loney travel to the auction house the morning of the event. Steve is meeting up with a number of collectors, like Mark Rusciano and Jonathan McElwain. Our buddy Sam Sams from West Virginia will be arriving at the auction soon, too. And he's been kind enough to record the moments in the auction room. Sam will give us bidding updates on two of the most noteworthy figures in the catalog offering, the eight Boba Fetts and the double-telescoping Luke Skywalker figures. Okay, so if you're ready, let's check in with Steve to begin the day. Alright, it's about 6 o'clock in the morning, it's pitch dark out here, I'm walking back up my driveway from taking my garbage down, getting ready to leave my house to meet up with Annie Loney. We're traveling to Reading today for the Morphe's auction, for the Morphe's find. I'm gonna meet some other collectors from New York and DC clubs. Should be a great day of hanging out with friends and watching what some of this stuff goes for. I got my eye on a few lots. I know some of my friends got some eyes on their lots, so should have a good day. I'll have more to come to you. All right, I'm with Andy Loney. We're in the car, we're driving to the auction. Um, Andy, anything in particular you're looking for today? Almost nothing. <laughs> I, uh, I There's definitely one shipper box that I'm very interested in, and luckily they have three of that exact shipper, so I have a good chance, one in three chance. What shipper box is that? It's a um, Star Wars figures Ooh. shipper box, but it's okay. like black lettering. Um, so I don't know if it had like 20 backs in it or, or what. It, could, it almost looks like it should be Jedi era or Empire era, but it just says Star Wars, so it's got to be Star Wars. Um, they have some earlier ones too, like uh, the blue ones with the LP logo, and there's a blue one without the LP logo, which I already have those, but they're cool. You know, they're, like the L- ones with the LP logo are considered like 12 back shippers. Very um, cool. Um, really, I don't. I personally, I don't collect carded figures, so there's nothing. You know, this is mostly carded figures at this auction, so. Um, yeah, and the, the non-carded figure stuff. There's nothing in particular. Oh, that's that right. They got some. They got some loose graded figures and stuff like that, and yeah. the little clamshells. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I would buy for resale. And I don't know if there's going to be any room to buy something and resell it at this auction. What do you think is going to be the highest priced item at this auction? That Yoda shipper case, the, the seal cases of Yodas, or look on one of the DT Luke's. I mean, it depends on condition of the DT Luke's and the and actually the the twenty one back Boba Fett's too. Oh, because yeah. you know if there's one or two that are super high grade, they might you got to pay that Fett tax. They might go really high. I mean, the the Yoda case is cool, but was there twenty four Yodas at a thousand dollars a piece? That's twenty four thousand um, dollars. I can't see it going for a lot more than that. And I could, but I could see a Fett or a Luke going for more than that. Very cool. All right, thanks for driving, Andy. We'll see you at the auction. See you. Okay, this is Sam Sams, and I am at the Morphe's auction. It is Wednesday, February 1st, and it's a few minutes after 8. The door's just opened. There'll be a preview of the items up for auction until 9 o'clock when the hammer drops, and it's going to be exciting. Um, There's people in line right now registering to get their bid numbers, for the in-person bidding and employees are starting to come in and the, you can see all the telephone operators getting in their chairs where they'll be talking to the telephone bidders and this is a top-notch operation. You can tell already. Um, 
It's exciting. I've got my eye on uh, a handful of items. Um, they've, I looked this morning online and the bids are almost to my max, so I'm mentally prepared for walking away with nothing, and just. but I'm just going to try to enjoy the day. It's going to be fun, spend some time with some friends, and just, just kind of watch these items go. These are unbelievable items, and uh, looking forward to it. Can't wait. So I'll check back in with you uh, as the auction starts and try to record some of the some of the action as it happens. So we'll talk to you in a minute. So I'm here with uh, uh, Mark Rusciana and Jonathan. Uh, We've all been asked by uh, David to record stuff. So wait, he asked you too? He asked, oh, oh, wait, I was supposed to say that? Wait, he asked me too. Oh, uh, man. What gives? Who asked who got, who got us first? I feel a lot less special. Is he actually uh, here? Is this ago. part of it? Is this here? Is he going to like pop yeah, out and surprise this, us? This is weird. Like, I feel like I'm untrustworthy now. Like, he's not, you know, he asked three people, like, I can't get the job done. Like, I mean, he knows me well enough that I won't do anything unless I feel special. That's true. Ooh, and now I yeah. do not. I mean, you guys are special, but I don't feel special uh, considering I thought I was the one that was going to record stuff for, uh, for you David. Know, for you, Star Wars. Prototypes done. and productions. <laughs> you done mess up, David. Our friends are truly special, aren't they? Well, now it's time for the Morphe's auction to begin. Uh, the collection purchased from the early 1980s and basically been stored in their boxes ever since, which I think, as you see in person, uh, the condition shows that. So, uh, no reserves, everything is absolutely going to be sold. So, I do wish you luck. We do appreciate everybody's time. That said, I think we're ready to go. Internet's good? Phone's ready. All right, let's get her started. What do we got a lot here? Lot 1001. 12 seat back princess Leia. Who wants it? I got left action here. I have 2400 online. Who wants it at 2600? 24 bid, 26. Anybody at 2600? I have 24 here. Number 26. Anybody at 26? 26, 26. I need 2600. I have 2400 online. Looking for 2600. Go to sell. 2600. Anybody at 2600? So 2400, my number. 415 by our 415. And with oh, that, 000. game on. Well, 1008, different story here. What do we got? Tower of Tulsi, Luke Skywalker, double telescope lightsaber. I have left action here online. What do you have? 26,000, I need 28,000. Who's in at 28,000? I have 26 online, give me 28. Who wants in at 28? 26 bid, 28, 28,000. 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, 28, Left action, what do you have? 18,000, give me 19,000. Who's in at 19? 18 bid 19, give me 19. I have 18 online, give me 19. Who's in at 19,000? 19, 19, how about 19? I have 18 to my right, looking for 19,000. 18 bid 19, all in. Don't scratch your 18 bid 19, last call, 19,000, 19,000. So for 18000 $18,000 for 24 Yodas with a shipper case. Here comes Boba. All righty, what do we got here? Lot 1010, Boba Fett. Left action online with Ben. What do you have? 13000 give me 14000 
513 online, who wants it in 14? 14, 14, give me 14,000. 14, 14, who wants 14? I have 13,000 looking for 14,000. 13, 14, anybody at 14? 14, 14, last call, 14,000. 14,000, all in all done, 14,000, 14,000. So 13,000 for Boba Fett. Let's take a little break from the auction and have our first collector's conversation with Jonathan McElwain. Jonathan, I wish I could have been there with you. Uh, it sounds like it was a fantastic time. What was the auction like for you? Uh, well, as you know, and, and your listeners probably don't know, I'm not really a toy collector. Um, we're, we're, I really, I'd say I'm not a toy collector. I collect food, food promotion items mainly, but other sort of advertising type items. So for me, the Morphe auction was um, drivable from my house and just sort of a great day to, to take a, a break from a, a stressful period at work and uh, just kind of go and hang out with friends for a day. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, a, a lot of them didn't weren't interested in much and, and uh, several of them weren't weren't really intending to buy anything. So it was mostly just a, a social event for me. This is one of the first auctions that I can remember where a lot of the people that were attending were not looking at buying stuff and it, and and we're seeing it more like an event or a collector's meetup which i thought was great that was one of the reasons why i'd wanted to go as well yeah it was um yeah it was interesting but it, it was fantastic really i mean the 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 auction um you know the facility there was was really wonderful you know they had a a, a nice large check-in station with like i think four people checking people in so it was very fast to kind of get checked in buy an auction catalog, register to bid if you chose to do so. And then they had wonderful display cases of all of the stuff, you know, including, of course, the Star Wars stuff, but everything else that was um, on auction over the three days, um, as well as some of their coming auctions. So, you know, I think, you know, I I got there around eight o'clock just after, and that was about an hour before the auction started. So I had a nice long while to you know, connect with friends when I got there and um, just kind of peruse the the Star Wars things as well as the other things beyond. And so they were all just, you know, really nicely displayed in the cases. So it, it was fun to really just take it all in, uh, the, the kind of size of uh, it, just put a perspective on how much stuff was there. When you were sitting in the auction, it, it ran for a few hours. I think it went from the, the Star Wars portion ran from, say, nine o'clock to about one or two o'clock in the afternoon, correct? That's right. I think it maybe stretched just a little past two. And, and what was interesting to me was in the front of the auction catalog, um, you know, they had predicted, uh, you know, the like, OK, the, the, this range of uh, numbers would sell between, you know, this this time period. And they were very close to it. And, and at the end of the day, they ended a few minutes before. And so talking with friends about it beforehand, it was like they're never going to get through this. It's so much stuff, you know, but um it's their business, of course, and, and they know, and they were they were pretty much right on the money. So, I, yes, the Star Wars was to kind of end around two, and I think it, it was just ended just slightly after that. Um, but yeah, so the, so I guess that was five hours, and there wasn't any, you know, the the auctioneers would switch and the support people would switch, but they just kept 
kept rolling for five five or so hours straight of of Star Wars stuff. When you were sitting there for the five hours, were you able to talk with our friends? Because I know you know a group of you uh, were sitting together. Was it the environment where you could talk and joke around, or was it very quiet and um, you know, and you you were basically just kind of sitting there and, and witnessing this auction? No, we we could talk. You know, the the auctioneer was up front, and and you know, uh, of course, a microphone and, and speakers and whatnot. So you know, us talking wasn't sort of you know really distracting to anybody. And it was a nice large facility. Um, I would say at least a hundred seats and they were nice kind of plush seats. It was very comfortable to sit there. So, you know, it was like, yeah, kind of three rows uh, with people, you know, not necessarily sitting next to each other, but just kind of clusters within three rows. And then a few friends kind of scattered throughout the room. And so people kind of came and went, you know, depending on, you know, you had the catalog so you could know what was, you know, coming. So people would tend to be there where the, you know, the kind of more, prestigious, I suppose, items were, were there. And then they might disappear to use the bathroom or grab some food or whatever um, as they slog through things that might be a little less interesting. But yeah, so we could kind of chat with each other and, um, you know, strat, you know, kind of, hey, why is this selling for that? And just, just kind of talk amongst ourselves. So yeah, it was, that was good. Was there any insight that you gleaned from this auction as it was occurring that maybe someone who wasn't in the room, wouldn't be able to, to pick up? Um, hmm, that's an interesting question. Um, I suppose, um, yeah, it, w- it was interesting to me that, um, you know, as they went through the kind of Morphe fine, which I think was sort of the, or as it's called, I suppose, but, um, which was the first like 300 items that then there were items beyond that, um, you know, it sort of transitioned into trading cards and then transitioned into other Star Wars items, a lot of which were graded and, and, and uh, you know, so anyways, that, that kind of first, all of those, the Morphe find items got a lot of, a lot of action and mixed action, I would say between, um, you know, online bidders and phone bidders, um, and floor bidders. And you probably couldn't glean that if you were just watching it online, um, or watching the kind of, um, you know, you might not have been able to tell that. Uh, whereas when it, when it transitioned after it kind of got through the, the, the few cards and into the other stuff, there was just, um, generally less, um, I don't know if interest is the right word, but there was definitely less, I felt, uh, floor bidders, um, and, um, you know, even phone bidders, a lot of that stuff, just the auctioneer would go over it, but it was sort of just, it was kind of happening online and then they just would pass to the, to, to the next item. So anyways, that, that's something that maybe wouldn't have been clear. Um, well, and that's interesting too, because if there was, um, you know, as you said before, they were trying to fit all of these lots in by a certain amount of time. And so maybe if they went a little over during the, the Morphe fine section, you know, the, the 450 carded figures, you know, that was, that was, uh, really kind of, you know, the, the spotlight of, of this auction. Um, then maybe they kind of picked up the pace a little bit with this other stuff that was really not getting so much action on the floor, but more online. Yeah, that's fair. So you are a numbers guy 
And, um, and you shared something really interesting with me, uh, as we were talking about this and, and I was, I was curious to see how the auction performed overall. And this was one of the things that you had honed in on. So can you kind of share a little bit about what you found overall from this auction? Yeah. So I was, um, you know, kind of talking amongst friends and, um, you know, kind of as, as we were all leaving and, and then really later on we have a, I'm in the DC Star Wars collecting club and we've got a weekly zoom call that we do on Wednesday nights. And, um, even though I said I was tired and probably wouldn't join the call that night, I still got on the call with, with, uh, Eric Janicki and, and Matt Fox and some others. And, um, you know, it was like, well, I wonder, um, you know, the thing that sold for the most in the auction was a, a brick of um, consisting of eight packs of 1952 Topps baseball cards. And, um, you know, that had sold, um, it ended at $700,000. Um, and that sold uh, without the buyer's premium. With the buyer's premium, it was eight seventy three three hundred. Um, and so it was, I was curious, like, what the how that would compare to sort of the total volume, total cost of all the Star Wars items, because there were a lot of, you know, um, graded loose figures that were selling maybe down at $150, you know, all the way through, you know, um, you know, the, the, the DT Luke's, I, I, you know, and the, the group of them that sold, you know, high into the, you know, in the 20 and 30,000 without the buyer premium, uh, kind of range. So, you know, I was just, interested in that. So anyways, I, I, uh, last night I I took a look at the auction you were able to kind of download it. And so I added up all the star Wars items and with the buyer's premium, all of the star Wars items, um, came up to $919,126 and 25 cents. Um, and so that was slightly more than the tops brick, which again, with the buyer's premium sold for 873, 300, um, but pretty darn close to one another. So, um, anyways, to me, it just sort of puts a perspective on, um, you know, kind of where, where our hobby is maybe relative to some others. And, and I know, I, I think that in terms of modern baseball cards, I think, you know, that, that brick is, is up there as far as, um, you know, desirability, but, you know, really outside of my wheelhouse, so probably shouldn't speak to it. But anyways, I just thought that was an interesting, you know, kind of comparison to make. And it really is. It's fascinating to think of it too, because, um, I think we've seen in some of the bigger catalog auctions, um, that if you have a, you know, something big, like a, a, a carded double telescoping, Ben or or Darth Vader, or if you have a rocket firing Boba Fett, especially something like that, where last year we saw, you know, that figure alone pulling in something like two hundred to two hundred thirty thousand um, dollars. This auction didn't have that. It had great pieces, but it didn't have that one that that pulls in six figures. So for for the entire lot to sell for almost a million dollars is really incredible. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it is crazy, and I, I think the total they they. They, uh, I saw that Morphe put up something that the, the total of, of the auction as a whole was was over three million dollars. So, but again, this you know the Star Wars stuff plus that one tops, you know, brick makes up almost two thirds of, of that uh, dollar volume. So, yeah, and you're right, and it speaks to the the power of of Star Wars and the impact that it has on collectors. And I, I think it's I think it's finally being recognized for. For um, for how important it is 
uh, in both nostalgia and and you know the emotional connection uh, that that people have with these figures and with the the collectibles in general. Um, is there a a special moment from the auction that you'll take with you? You know, just whether it's something with with friends or a funny moment, something something that uh, that will will kind of highlight the the trip for you. Um. I think one of my favorite parts was, uh, you know, we had, we had sort of talked amongst ourselves about, you know, having dinner after, which is, you know, often something that we do at these events to kind of, um, you know, process what happened at, you know, after it or whatever, and just a way to kind of gather and, and extend the fun a little bit. But, um, Morphe really treated us well. You know, they had a nice breakfast spread, they had a nice lunch spread. And as the day was winding down, um, you know, we, we saw a cartwheel by the windows. And so as you were sitting in the auction room, you know, there was this sort of a series of windows on the one side with the, the kind of circulation corridor. And we see a cart being rolled down with a giant pile of pizza. <laughs> and so we all just kind of looked at each other and said, well, <laughs> so James Gallo got up and he's like, I'm going to go check out the pizza and see if it's, you know, good or, you know, if it's garbage kind of thing. So he came back without any pizza and I just said, you didn't get any he's like oh it looks pretty good but if we're all going out to dinner i'm not going to eat pizza here you know and uh so anyways we all just said well the pizza's here there aren't that many people left on the floor because a lot of people left after the morphe stuff uh ended even as the star Wars, the rest of the star wars stuff was ongoing um you know it just really thinned out so anyways those of us who were left um gathered in the, in the, in the pantry area. And, uh, you know, it was just, we spent, uh, probably 45 minutes or something, just, just kind of chatting and enjoying the pizza and, and, uh, sort of saying, well, maybe we should come to more auctions here because they, they really took care of us pretty well. So, um, so anyways, we didn't get that dinner at a restaurant, but we got a free dinner there and sort of had that similar socializing time. So I think for me, that was, that was kind of the funnest, the, the most fun part, just, you know, cause we were kind of all gathered there that those of us who were left, which was, you know, some, some folks like Ron had left and, and, um, but, uh, you know, there were still a good many of us there at that point. Well, that's fantastic to hear. And, you know, it's, it's one of these things that we talk about as collectors where whether you go to a restaurant or you're just sitting around, you know, a bunch of seats having pizza, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just the fact that you guys are all together. So I'm glad you were able to have that day. Um, would you, from everything I've heard, it sounds like people really enjoyed the Morphe experience. Would you go back uh, to an, a Star Wars auction if there was another one there? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and I know they've done some long ago in the past and, and I'm from, I'm from not that far. I, I grew up in a little town called Stewartstown, Pennsylvania, which is in York County, which is just the next County over from where this was. And I was, as I was driving into this, I had never been to this facility before, but you know, have a reasonable familiarity with the area. So, um, yeah, that was kind of interesting. And I had gone up and, spent the night with my parents, um, and, uh, just to kind of end up about an hour away rather than three hours away, just to kind of, uh, cut my driving time down. But anyway, so driving from their house to the auction, just kind of driving, you know, past the, the place where I saw Star Wars and, and, you know, where I bought the toys and, and, uh, you know, just kind of, it's just, always fun to kind of be back in that area. So even, even though I'm not really directly from there, it, it just feels, feels like home. Um, so anyway, so yeah, that was nice. I would definitely go back to that. And I was lucky enough to go to the 
uh, Bob or Boba Fisher auction in Pittsburgh years ago. And so that was another kind of communal experience. And that was, that was a little more fun because I had a little more kind of skin in the game. There were things there that I was interested in buying and, and were bidding on. And I had friends that I was bidding on things for. Um, but yeah, I, I love the in-person uh, auction experience. Um, and it's definitely more fun if there are things you're, you're bidding on yourself, but um, either way, it's a great time. And I love this now. I mean, it, again, it really feels like these auctions, the in-person ones, are starting to turn into collector meetups, uh, where whether you you have an interest in stuff or you're just looking to to hang out with people, um, it is a uh, it is is a, a place where we can all gather. Um, yep. I I really hope that you and I can you know meet up at an auction uh, either this year or you know in the in the hopeful future because it does sound like a wonderful experience. Yeah, I definitely, you, you were definitely missed that day. And um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm sure it'll work out in the not too distant future. Okay, well, Jonathan, here's to our next adventure. Likewise, great. Luke number two. What we got? Left action. 24 on one, give me 25,000. I'll take 25. 26, give me 27. 26 on one, give me 27,000. Who wants it at 27? 26 bid 27, give me 27. 27, 27, looking for 27. I'm 26,000 on line, looking for 27,000. 27,000, 27,000. Go to sell. 27,000, 27,000. Anybody at 27,000? So, 26,000, the buyer number. 4154. 4154. Second DT, Luke, goes for 25,000. 13, 13,000. 13, 13, anybody 13? I have 12,000. 13,000. 21A back. 13, 13, last call. 13,000. 13,000. So, 12,044. And now, our friend Matthew Fox will join us for a quick collector's conversation. Make yourself comfortable, and I'll go get Matt, and we can hear about the day from his perspective. So, Matt, what was the experience of Morphe Auctions like for you? Well, I've been to a few of these auctions in the past, and this was a little different than, than a lot of them. Uh, it was in a way it was much more professionally run. I had, I was not familiar with Morphe auctions, uh, prior to this. And from what I could figure out, that's not surprising. They don't really normally have sales of the sort of things that we as star Wars collectors would be interested in. Uh, so, um, I really didn't know what to expect. And when it's something set up in a little town and kind of in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania, you don't know what to expect. Uh, but it was a, it was a nice place. They knew what they were doing. Um, and in many ways it was sort of the most professionally run auction that I personally had been to. Uh, now my experience is limited basically to this mid Atlantic, a little bit into the Midwest, but they really ran a good show. Um, and, uh, you know, they knew they knew what they had, and they were able to to get the word out. I mean, that was everybody knew about this auction. So I'll give them congrats, uh, all due 
accolades for that. Matt, I'm surprised to hear that because from an outsider's perspective, as somebody who didn't attend, um, knowing how the auction had started out originally with the idea that they were going to group the figures by character together and you know how collectors were talking to them and trying to to help them out, um, I just I didn't know what to expect from it. And I've been hearing more and more from our friends that it was one of the most professional and well-run auctions, which is really nice. Yes. Uh, and again, yeah, uh, when, when it first popped up, which geez, several months ago, it was back in the fall, I suspect. And yeah, it seemed like they had a little bit of, they didn't know what to expect. Maybe they didn't know what they had or how the market worked. Uh, but they obviously you know, took whatever input they took. I don't know who it was really who spoke to them or what advice they sought out. Uh, but you know, the decision not to group the figures. I mean, there were a couple occasions where some things were grouped together, and I think that was appropriate. Uh, but for, you know, the big the big items especially, the things that, you know, long-term big-ticket collectors were interested in, um, they did it well. They had them separated. They had them all spaced out. So, you, you know, you didn't get burnt out on Luke after Luke after Luke after Luke, one after another. Uh, so... Yeah, they worked that out great. And again, yeah, there were a few lots. Um, but like I said, they were appropriate. They were figures that should have been grouped together, grouped together, uh, that probably weren't going to pull in a lot of money individually. Uh, so yeah, it was probably in their interest to get competing bids for those, like Return of the Jedi figures and that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, it was good. Uh, they, they if, if they had any uncertainty or um inexperience to begin with they they got over it in time for the sale i'm glad to hear that because I, I i think um you know presentation is a big part of it and and especially you know for the overall experience of someone who's going to sit there for what's likely you know four five six hours um you do want it to be well run uh, what was your reason for attending this event in person well i mean i'll be you know fully honest i mean i looked through the catalog and there were I mean, there were a lot of interesting things uh, that I was excited to, you know, to go and see in person, you know, on, on display, they had, you know, the viewing beforehand and all that. So, you know, I wanted to see all these carded DT, you know, double telescoping loops and, you know, Boba Fett figures. I've got Boba Fett figures, but it's nice to see, you know, them. at first I wanted to see what it was, the conditions and all that. You can look in the catalog, but it's not the same. So I wanted to actually see the stuff and I wanted to see it sell but it was also a social event i mean i knew there were a lot of people i mean i'm in the dc club uh it was about a two-hour drive for me from virginia but i knew there'd be a bunch of people from pennsylvania and new york and sort of all through this region there and it was you know it's always you're always looking for an excuse to get together with your friends and especially like you know in the context where there's something going on that you can discuss while it's happening um you know, that was a lot of fun. So it was half social, half just, you know, collecting curiosity to, to see these things in person. Um, and, you know, it paid off in both ways, I think. So, uh, you know, that was, you know, those were, I had a, I had a double, a, a, a double motivation to go social and quasi uh, collecting. And that's, that's really for us, you know, the, the perfect point where <clears throat> we can see items that we love 
uh, and ones that, you know, are maybe dream pieces as well, or just, you know, seeing something like 450 carded figures in one room is exceptional. And then being able to do so with friends who, because of, of where we live and where they live, we don't get to really see them, you know, enough. So, um, it sounds like the perfect event. Um, what were the conversations like during the auction? You know, what were the type of stuff that you and our friends were discussing? Well, there was, you know, initially, uh, and I will say this, it sort of started, I won't say it started off slow, but it almost started off, uh, one might say, uh, not as, you know, uh, enthusiastic. The bidding was not as enthusiastic as one might think. And I think if you look at the, uh, you know, the sale totals for the earlier things, you know, people were like, I don't know if it was gun shy or what it was, but, and there was some discussion about that. And as, as the day moved on and certain items went for maybe more than people anticipated or, um, more than a very similar item went for 20 minutes earlier. And, and you're, so there was discussion about why is that? And you'd go into the viewing room and you'd look at the item in person. And, uh, I mean, for example, uh, you know, there was a, one of the double telescoping loops went for appreciably more than the others. I think they had four in the auction, if I'm not mistaken. They had five. And so there was a five, five. And, uh, well, I even think there was some dispute about that, but, um, whatever, they had several. And trying to figure out why one was going, you know, went for several thousand dollars more than the others. And just, you know, trying to examine it, talk about it and uh, hearing, you know, I'm not, I will freely admit, I mean, I'm a vintage collector. I've got a pretty good, I think, vintage collection to where I want it to be. But I do not pretend to think that I know the, what it is about, you know, countries of origin and various, you know, uh, minute variations on figures, but a lot of the guys who were there did, um, just cause they've been in the hobby much longer or, you know, they have, you know, toy businesses. So it's you know professionally necessary for them to know this sort of thing. So just picking up the insights. And I mean, it was, it was, it was educational for something that you think, you know, so much about. It's amazing. When we all get together, you learn something, you know, that's one, that's and, one of my favorite. <laughs> absolutely. Any time, any chance you get where you're in a room and you can learn from, someone who shares this passion, uh, it makes yeah. it all worth it. What, if you can, could you give us an example of one of the things that maybe you learned that you weren't familiar with before this? Okay. Um, let's see. Um, well, I know a lot more about double telescoping loops than I did. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, you know, you think that it's just, you think, you know, what a double telescoping loop is. Uh, but then you're here like, well, if it's, you know, uh, you know, if the saber's in this point or that point, or that, um, well, the double telescoping loops always have the darker tan pants or the lighter tan pants. And, you know, it's, you know, it's not just one thing that gives away what it may or may not be. Um, and that was, that was something I didn't know about, um, because I've never thought about having, you know, that's, that's beyond my, not, um, not necessarily mean, but it's beyond my focus. I've got my carded Luke and I don't need a double telescoping one. Well, and also I, uh, I think, you know, how many chances do we actually have to see a carded double telescoping Luke in person? And, you know, maybe one next to uh, one that's not, that's a single telescoping or to see something like five different ones where you can actually compare and contrast the differences. Well, exactly. Exactly. And that's, 
you know, that's why, you know, you'd get up during the middle of the auction, uh, you know, you, and that's, you know, you can look in the catalog and you see what's coming up. And so you say, okay, I'm not interested in the next 10, 20 items. And you go back and you look and you, you know, at what had just sold and you try to compare and figure out and anticipate, you look at what's coming up and you say, well, this one went for that. So this one will, you know, is this one going to be similar or is there something about it that I don't know about? Um, and you know, it's just that it's what makes it, I think so much better than like following an auction online, um, is, is that ability, uh, to, to look at the items and talk, talk with the people who are there rather than just, you know, sitting at your computer at work or wherever, uh, and trying to, to know everything you can know by yourself, with the on with the online resources that you have, and I know from you know some of the figures that I went to look at, you know the the pictures online and the pictures in the catalog weren't as revealing as something you're going to see in person. Obviously, uh, you know as good as the photographs were, you needed to see the stuff, and that was you know that was remarkably, I think, useful in a situation like this. Although not as useful as having people there who knew everything back and forth. Mm -hmm. No, and it makes sense to also having to be able to look at, at an item from different angles too, will show different flaws uh, or, or, you know, sometimes they, they actually present better um, in mm -hmm. person than they would in, in a photo or something if there was a glare. So um, right. was there, now that the auction is over and you've seen all the prices, was there a certain item that when you were sitting in the room, when it ended, you regretted not going for it. Yes. Um, and again, like I was saying early on, uh, I think it took a while for some people to get warmed up and, you know, I went there not because I'm an R5 D4 focus collector, but that was just of the figures that I've got. That's one that I want to trade up. Uh, and I was excited because this auction had seven or eight of them available. Um, you know, with the, you know, with the, with the card parameters that I was looking for and all that. And I had my price limit and the first few were within my range at the upper end of my range, but within my range, but I thought always oh, it goes on, it will get cheaper. That's, you know, people get one, you know, every time there's one less person that is in the market. And so I thought the price would fall, but as the day went on, prices got more expensive. Uh, so I do regret that I didn't, you know, capitalize early on on that but as far as the, you know the big headline items um no uh the the prices were all i don't think anything went you know i don't think anybody would have said oh my god that was a steal uh for, uh, for the you know for the headline items i think everything probably went what you might expect at a big online auction that's drawing in a lot of people um, you know, maybe who, you know, just want to buy. And that's, that's been something about the hobby. I think that a lot of people have noticed, you know, in the last couple of years is how, you know, new people have been drawn in and prices have gone up. And I think this auction reflected that, um, there, you know, there, I don't think there were any headline grabbing. Oh my God, I can't believe that figure sold for that. You know, that's twice as much as anyone expected, but there certainly weren't any steals. Sure. And it, and you could see that. I mean, um, I think 
because there was so much online bidding at the beginning, yes. I think people were starting to lower their expectations of what they would actually take home with them. Um, right. Because then you also have to factor in, too, the 20% buyer's premium. That's it's something that's so easy to forget that. And, it really you know, is. I, in previous, you know, in other auctions where I've won items bidding online, you always forget the buyer's premium. And I'm, I, I did a very good job this time of keeping that in mind. Um, and, you know, taking it into consideration, but it's, it's something a lot of people just forget. They, they, they think they're bidding whatever amount and they don't realize, yeah, you got to chuck another couple hundred dollars on there. Uh, but the other, you know, you you touched on it there with the online bidders. That was, um, I was disappointed, but not surprised that so many of the items went to online bidders because obviously there's so many more of them. But it's, you know, it's more exciting when somebody wins it, who's there. Uh, but at least there were enough people there who were actively bidding. We weren't all, you know, passive onlookers, you know, there for the show. So there was some excitement within the room. Uh, but, you know, it certainly was driven by the online and the, the telephone presence. That was that was the driving, you know, the driving market for these items, for sure. What was your favorite moment, favorite personal moment from the day? I would probably say it was, you know, it was towards the end uh, when, you know, well, first of all, there were so many Star Wars items. I mean, 400 and some, I think. Uh, I thought it was going to take all day. I, you know, was telling, you know, the people that I was meeting there, the people that I went up there with, oh, I don't think we'll be done until 10 p.m., 8 p.m. It'll run that late. And they were done with the Star Wars items in the middle of the afternoon. And that allowed people the opportunity to go out and assess the whole thing, the whole, you know, take all of the sales into account and sort of figure out what the deals were, what did anybody miss anything uh, that, you know, online or in person. And, you know, that sort of, uh, the, the post game analysis, I guess, if you want to call it that. Right. Because it wasn't uh, split. It, it could have been split between two days. And instead you got to see the entirety of the star Wars stuff in one shot. Yes. And that's something that I will give Morpheus credit for is that they, they moved, you know, this, this, you know, they, I tried to figure it out in my head. I'm here. They're going to have to do an item, you know, every minute or two minutes or 90 seconds or something if they're going to get through all this. And they did it. Um, I mean, even talking to some of the Morphe's employees before the show, they thought that their targets for the day were ambitious, but they met them. So, you know, kudos to them. Uh, but yeah, the ability to look at everything when it was all done, you know, with, you know, the people who were there, Morpheus was generous enough. They brought in food. I won't, maybe it was generous, but it's also smart because it keeps you there. Uh, I've been to plenty of auctions where you've got to leave for lunch or dinner or something. And then, you know, you're missing sales and they're missing potential bidders. So they kept you there. Um, so sitting around after discussing, that was probably the, the highlight. There was no, um, you know, there were a couple items where you were just, following the bidding you know that excitement of you know is you know bid after bid after bid as the price goes up uh there there were one or two that were exciting uh but you that's par for the course with an auction i mean i think actually the most exciting uh jaw drop whatever you want to say auction of the whole day where was after the star wars was baseball card uh that 
you know, was clearly the biggest item that they had that day of anything. Uh, and watching those bids come in, and we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, which that was exciting, especially because <laughs> yeah, I'm not bidding on baseball cards. So it was all, you know, pure spectator. Uh, so that was fun, but it's not Star Wars related. But, you know, what you touched on it at the very beginning. It was almost more of, you know, going there and seeing all that stuff in one place out in the cabinets. It was like a museum. It was going to a really awesome collection, looking at, you know, at somebody's house almost and what, you know, looking at, you know, not a complete collection of figures. There were, you know, it was very Star Wars heavy. Uh, in terms of the items that they had, which, you know, is why it was exciting. Uh, but to see all that stuff lined up in cabinets, you know, for you to appreciate and assess, that was exciting too. Um, you know, even if, even if you weren't, had no intention to buy a single thing and a couple of the guys there, that was, you know, they had no intention of buying anything. It wasn't their focus. Uh, but they had just as good a time as anybody else just seeing it all. So. Well, Matt, I have yeah, a feeling that, that Morphe's going to do another one at some point because I, I think this was a very successful thing for them. And so I look forward to going to my my first one there just to see the building, to see what they offer uh, the next time they do. And um, and I hope you're there and I, I hope we can actually you know watch the auction together and maybe win a few R5 items and some other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to that. I think, you know, I think they probably um... – are in the Star Wars business now if they're smart. I think they were very happy with the results, and I'd be happy to go back anytime and see you know as many people as possible. Yeah, and it really gives us just another excuse to have an impromptu meetup, or or I guess a an, an organized meetup um, where we don't have to clean up afterwards too. <laughs> That's, we're always <laughs> looking for that, aren't we? Yeah. So if you were going to to wrap up the entire thing in in one word or one sentence, what would you say for the experience? One word. Uh, rewarding. Uh, you know, it wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't, but it certainly wasn't disappointing. But it was, you know, I took a day off work and drove 200 miles. And it was, I was, I feel totally uh, happy with my decision. It was a very rewarding experience on, you know, I went to look at items, maybe win something and hang out with my friends. And I accomplished two of those three things. And I'm not upset that I didn't buy anything either at those prices. So, uh, you know, it was it was a great, rewarding, fun day. And your wallet was happy. So that's three wins right there. Well, and and my wife. Number $22,000 for the third DT loop. Here comes Bobo. 21 B back. 
Who's in at 14? Unpunched. 13 bid, 14, give me 14. 14, 14, anybody at 14? I'm 13,000 to my right, looking for 14,000. 13, 14, anybody at 14? 13, 14, all in 14,000, 14,000. Last call, 14,000, 14,000. So, 13,000. 13,000. Boba Fett. 21 B back. Here comes the Boba Fett. 21 B back. Who wants it? What do you got? Lot 1104. 13,000. These have all kind of stalled around 13. So, let's see if this one does any better. 14, give me 14,000. 14, 14. Who wants 14? 13, 14. Anybody 14? Go to sell it. 13, 14. Anybody 14? 14, 14. Last call. 14,000, 14,000. So 13,000. 13 seems to be the number on Boba. And here's Steve reporting on what happened with the three Chewbacca figures he was targeting in the auction. That's Steve and Renzi checking back in. So all three of the uh, 21 back Chewbacca's I was interested in went through well north of my price range. The last one ending at 1700 um, hopefully that's not an indicator of the market going future, but I can come back here and uh, feel warm and fuzzy looking at this World War II issue in 1911 they got in the case. That makes me that makes me happy. I may ask to open it up and pet it as my emotional support pistol. So we'll see what happens. Thanks for tuning in. And even though he didn't win anything, Steve had a great time. In fact, he's here with us now to tell us about his Morphe experience. Steve, what was the Morphe auction like for you? Interesting, uh, but at the same time, a little bit of a letdown because I didn't come home with anything I wanted. <laughs> now, you had mentioned uh, in some of the recordings you did that you were targeting uh, Chewbacca's. Were there specific Chewbacca's? Yes. Yeah, so I'm on a set mission to complete my Carter Chewbacca run by my midlife crisis at age 40. So I got two years to go. To get about 10 figures. Most of them, um, it's the 20, the 320 backs, 21 back, 321 backs, a 12B, and then the two trilogo variations is what I'm after to complete my domestic Kenner run US um, carded figures. So I was I was targeting three of the 21Bs they had. Two were unpunched, one was punched. The first one came up for auction. It was unpunched, it was in good condition, and it went for 950. I was like, it's a little out of my range. I'm going to hold back and see if I get the second one, which is punched a little cheaper. Well, that one went for, still went for 900. I didn't. Even, I think I got maybe one bid in, and it quickly went over what I budgeted for. So I'm like, the last one is like, okay, I'm sitting there debating. So the last one, there was about a hundred lots between the second 21B and the last 21B. And at that time, I was talking to various friends there, getting their opinions, texting some people who weren't there talking about it like do i go all in i'm here am i getting am i getting caught up in the moment and going over my budget do i wait and i was like do i go big or go home but the last one very quickly again something i learned at these auctions you just think you wait to the last one you're going to get a better deal because people who wanted one already nope nope it's the exact opposite you want to get in early because if you wait to the last one you got people like you who are waiting didn't get one and are really now in desperation mode so that last one went for a very surprising $1,700. And I was like, that's way, almost triple what I had, would value one at. 
Well, so your wallet was happy, but you were a little disappointed leaving. Did you try to go for um, the 12B that you said you were, you were looking for? There, no, the, the three, they had three 12 backs and they are all 12 C's, which I have. I'm lucky enough. I, I was, uh, I got my 12 C years ago from Andy Loney when I first started in the market. And, but I was, it was pleasantly surprised to see someone's willing to pay 4,000 for a 12 C, which was double what I was valuating what I had in my collection. So some of the values I saw, I was like, okay, this is good news for my insurance or my value, but bad news for people buying right now. Do you think, you know, just from being in the room and seeing everything happen, and of course, you know, talking to uh, our friends and fellow collectors, would you say that the items one were going to collectors or resellers or something different? Or, or? Yeah. 50 50. Okay. Um, I know there was, I, I know several lots went to a, another auction house, which will probably resell them down the line. Um, but I do know a couple um, went to good collectors and people who were going to put them in their, in their collections and value them. Okay. Yeah. And, and that was one of the things that I think people were discussing coming into it was that um, it was likely that a number of these pieces were going to pop up in different auction houses. And I, you know, I think, I think a question is, well, you know, who was buying them to put them in auction houses? Was it the, the people who are at the auction houses themselves or is it, you know, uh, people that people that just you know decide to consign them in the, in the future, but I think I think fifty fifty is a, is a good breakdown. There was about forty people um, there at the auction, and I'd say about on hand winners represented about a quarter to a third of the winners that day. There was a lot of online and phone action, especially online. Do you think that the auction is a solid gauge of where the Star Wars market is at currently? I hope not. <laughs> um, I think there was definitely some hype built into this auction because of the fine and the condition they were. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Looking at the figures, most of them were in pretty good shape. A lot of really clear bubbles, um, a lot of um, unpunched cards, and the fact that Ian was so nice to send the acrylic, you know, they look, they look beautiful in acrylic cases and then the glass, you know, glass showcases. So, right. So our friend Ian Sanderson um, uh-huh. who makes and you know, produces these acrylic cases. He had delivered uh, an entire batch of them to, to basically case up every one that was. He, being and in my humble opinion, he makes the best acrylic on the market. So yeah, they looked gorgeous. So I don't think it's a hundred percent accurate. Um, foretelling of the market, but who knows? Because the before now, um, starting around Christmas, I had we and I, I'm not the only one who has seen that the auctions on eBay and Deal or No Deal are going for a lot less than they have been. Well, so my it seems argument, like the market, yeah, it seems like the market's been cooling a little bit in the last month or so. And I think my argument against this being the, the current standard or where the market is. Cause I know there are a lot of people um, who want to believe that it is. And, and I don't think it is. I think, I think, you know, the last time we had a, a large auction was the Hakes auction in November. Um, I don't recall the numbers being as great as, as maybe the, the auction house was expecting, you know, where a lot of items sold under the, the estimates. Um, but 
I would say in the past, in the, in the second half of last year, um, prices and and really interests overall dipped. Um, you know, the 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 generalized market that was buying Star Wars stuff had diminished severely, and stuff was sitting longer in our groups and on eBay, which to me are the best indicators, right? Because that's where a lot of the collectors are, you know, in these groups. And so I think this is this Morphe auction was the first one of the year, and there was a huge gap you know, in time from November to, to February till now. And, um, I think because of what was being offered, the quality of stuff being offered, I think people jumped on it. Um, you know, there were items that were graded that, that were added by, you know, another party, um, at the end of this auction. And it doesn't seem like they fared nearly as well as the ones that were, ungraded and part of that that morphe find of the 450 carded figures no no the 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 afa carded figures and afa loose figures were not fetching the same premium as the so-called morphe's phone i mean could it be that that people saw these carded figures and just assumed that they were a higher grade than maybe they would get possible um like i said they were beautiful figures um there was not, I think, yeah, it's the pot. I think they went higher because you're, you're preying on the hope and possibility that they're going to be graded high. Mm. It's kind of like the Schrodinger's cat theory where, you know, you don't know if it's an AFA 90, if it's out of the box or in the box. Right. And it's, it's, I think that's what a lot of collectors do is we, when we see something that looks really nice, we assume the best, um, and you know, with the grading standards today, like it's it's very hard to get an eighty-five or a ninety. So these did seem to be in great shape. Uh, a lot of them, you know, and and um, I know I've spoken to a few people that said that they were some of the the better conditioned figures that they've seen um, ungraded and at auction uh, in a while. So oh, I can I can I can definitely concur to that. Did you like the change in format? So I know that they went from having something like you know, eight Boba Fett's in one lot, eight Luke's in one lot to selling them individually. Was that something that you welcomed as a collector and as someone who's bidding or would you have rathered? Oh, absolutely. It's the smartest move they made. Um, there would have been, you know, many collectors are like me or after that individual or unique card back combination. I don't have to buy you know, a 12B, a 12C, a 72A, just to get that 21B that's also in that auction. So yeah, having them individually um, allowed more chance for your average collector to purchase it up than put them in high price lots where you know they're going for resale uh, opportunities. What was it like just sitting with, you know, our, our friends, right? We have friends from the Empire State Club, the uh, the DC club and the Pennsylvania club that were there. What was it like sitting with them in a live auction setting that was just purely focused on star Wars for the first five, six hours? Oh, it's an absolute joy. Anytime I'm surrounded with my friends and family, you know, my star Wars friends are, are more of a family to me than anything I have. So it was a great day. I got the, I brought my, you know, homemade deer sticks that I shot in November and goes to share it with my friends. So, you know, it was a good time there. <laughs> I saw the I saw an image of you with that, and I thought, okay, the auction is off to a good start so far. Yeah, sweet deer morning with cheese in it, man. That I shot myself and drug out of the woods. Got to share with my friends in that fellowship. Are you kidding me? That was better than anything. 
Did you have a favorite moment from the day? Like one that, that you'll take, you know, with you? Yeah, it was, it was non Star Wars. Um, there was a stack of, uh, I guess a sealed stack of several 1950s baseball cards. Cause after the Star Wars auction, it was all sports cards and stuff like that. And a bunch of us stuck, stuck around, was watching it. We got to watch it go for $700,000. So I was fun watching that go as high and watching the phone bids going back. That was nice. Um, Were any of the, the people bidding on it actually in the room with you for that? No, that, that came down to two phone auction, two, fo- okay. two phone. Uh, but um, just the overall day, you know, watching some of the high prices on the uh, DT, uh, DT sealed Luke's was nice. Um, watching some of my friends win some of their auctions. Um, the guy, Andy, man, I traveled with, he won an auction. So watching, I think he got the steal of the day. To be honest with you, I think many people would agree. Um, so watching that, just, you know, talking. What was the steal of the day? Steal of the day, Andy was able to get a uh, black printed um, stripper box from Star Wars that he wanted at a very good value, uh, very few bids, and the other stripper boxes were much higher after that first one. So, yeah, there was a substantial difference, and I know that um, one of the conversations among you know you and our friends was how crazy the bidding got for the shipping containers, which were I think at the end of the the. 450 carded figure Morphe fine segment of, of the auction. Yes. They, they, there was like a buffer between them and then the AFA stuff. Okay. Um, would you go back to a Morphe's auction? By myself or am I going with friends? Either one. It's a star Wars auction or I know you're a, uh, you're a gun aficionado. So if it was a gun auction or a star Wars auction, would you go back? Did you enjoy the experience? Yes, like I said, man. Any any day I get to spend with my Star Wars family is is a damn good day in my book. I would go back in a heartbeat if the same people were going to be there, and we're going to bid on stuff. Um, part of my I probably actually end up going back as part of my job to acquire some used guns for my store. Probably before that. So, okay. And if um, because you went into this hunting specific items, um, would do you have any advice for somebody who would be maybe going to their first live live Star Wars auction in the future? Yes. So two pieces of advice if you're going to a live auction in an auction house setting for your first time. Well, several pieces of advice. One, do your research. Do your research ahead of time. What's the buyer premium? What's the credit card fee situation? Do you have to register ahead of time? Take or Can you go see the item in person? Let's, you know, let's make sure you have a plan. Have a budget. What am I willing to spend? Set firm on that. It's very easy at auctions to get caught up in the moment and blow your budget in a competitive um, situation where you're just trying to win or outbid someone there. And then lastly, don't make the mistake I did. If there's, again, if you have, let's say you're going after, like me, three 21 back Chewbacca's, if there's three 21 back Chewbacca's, don't think you're going to get a deal on that last one. Bid early, bid often. I think that's solid advice, Steve. And again, I thank you so much for taking time to do this. And uh, I I would have loved to have been there. Uh, I'm sorry I did miss out on it, but it it sounds like you guys had a great time. And I think the nice part is we all live, you know, close enough that if there's another one, you know, we can all go back and uh, and experience it again. Absolutely, Dave. I'd love to spend time with you, man. 
Fantastic. Well, I hope you're able to find your 12B and uh, your your 21 backs. I think you know that's a, a big one. Any 20s? Did you say there were some 20s that you're looking for? Yep, yep, 20s. Okay, well, so if anyone has 20s or 21 backs, contact Steve Renzi because he is your Chewbacca fanatic. And, and uh, Steve, what is the name of your Chewbacca collection room? The Bandolair. One of my favorite names in all Star Wars. I love it. All right, my friend. Thank you again, and I look forward to seeing you very soon and to attending an auction with you. Yeah, uh, yep. Anytime, Dave. You have a great day. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's an honor and pleasure to be here with you. We'll hear much more from Sam in part two of this series on the Morphe Auction, as you and I will sit down with him for a longer collector's conversation. But I thought you'd be interested in hearing his thoughts as he drove home from the auction the next day. So let's travel back to West Virginia with Sam. Okay, David, so it is Thursday, February 2nd, and I am on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, driving home to West Virginia after two and a half days or two plus days of seeing some friends and um, kind of being immersed in the Star Wars uh, collectible uh, environment, which was really nice. Uh, I've kind of, you know, it's winter, there aren't a lot of conventions and shows, and, and so it was nice to get together with some friends, be with, hang around with some like-minded hobbyist enthusiast enthusiasts I should say and and to hang around so while I'm driving here I thought I'd give you a kind of a brief uh, summary of what I thought of the Morphe's auction yesterday uh, first of all I just would would say how professional and courteous and welcoming and just overall wonderful experience it was uh, dealing with the Morphe's uh, crew uh, they were all very professional, very open, very easy to approach. It was very laid back. I kind of went in with some expectations of it being kind of stuffy. Uh, like, you know, I even had texted some friends before, like, hey, what are we supposed to wear to this thing? Should we be wearing, you know, a shirt and tie? Uh, is it a formal thing? Or, you know, can we go like we were going to a toy show and have, you know, jeans and a hoodie uh, type of uh apparel so I, I I wasn't sure what to expect but it was very laid back you know there were, were there were some people that were dressed nicely and then there were also people dressed um, the way you'd see at a, at a local toy show toy show so it was it was great and, and you didn't feel out of place either way so but everyone was very professional and friendly they were very good about answering questions and you know they also treated us all very well um, they brought in breakfast um, you know, some donuts and coffee and bagels and things like that uh, before the auction started, and then also provided a nice catered lunch during the auction. So that was unexpected, and um, and and it was all very good and very much appreciated because you know we were there for a long time, and you didn't want to leave the facility to to grab a bite to eat or anything because they were moving very very quickly through the lots, um, as you know by now, and uh, you know it was easy to 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 have missed something. So. 
so first of all, like I said, Morphe's was wonderful, and and I would uh, recommend um, any any anytime they had something you would be interested in, um, they're they're definitely a legitimate top notch. Um, Organization, and I, I know they've been around a long time. And they don't need my stamp of approval, but they got it anyways. Um, second, I just want to say, you know, that it it was just really fun. Um, even though the prices, you know, were a lot higher than than what my budget had afforded, um, really, kind of the last 30 days was fun. Kind of getting on on the website, making notes about some pieces that I might be interested in, and. And then watching the online bidding for the last few weeks, and and kind of strategizing about oh this this might be a good piece that might be a good piece, and I uh, you know just enjoyed the whole process. Uh, and then you know once the auction started, you know it quickly uh, escalated, and I, it was I don't know whether you'll play it or not, but one of the clips I recorded for you was was my one and only bid at one of the Morphe find items. Uh, it was a, a 12 back Darth Vader, and, and I, I got the first bid in, and I and, and I even went a little bit higher with that first bid than what I had intended to. And it, I mean, I, I think I was probably the leading bidder for about 10 seconds, if that, probably more like five. But it, it still was exciting and fun to get a, to get a bid in, and I think the the figure pretty much went twice what I was willing to pay for, which doesn't mean, it just basically means I'm cheap and wasn't wasn't willing to spend uh, what it would take to, to get it, but was hoping maybe one would slide through the cracks. But um, I was able to pick up some items. It wasn't part of the Morphe find, but it was some other items that they had on consignment in the auction, later in the auction. I picked up four AFA graded 85 Star Wars loose action figures. Um, Picked up the big head, I think it was big head Han Solo, and the Leia Hoth, and one of the Death Squad commanders, and one of the Hammerheads. So I was happy to walk away with something. Those are all four items that I've needed in my, uh, that I need for my loose graded run that I'm working on of 85 or better figures. So excited about that. So I'm coming home empty handed. And then, um, you know, the other part of it that was great was just seeing people I hadn't seen in a while and talking with, with people and uh, went out to dinner two nights in a row with two different groups of friends. And uh, it was just an overall good time. was really blessed to be able to be a part of it. Um, hopefully things like this broadcast or podcast will help people kind of experience it that weren't able to go. And uh, overall, if you have the chance to do something like this, I highly recommend it, and you won't regret it. You know, it's worth a two-night stay in a hotel and, and a couple of uh, meals and a tank of gas. It's it's worth that that money to attend it. So, anyways, um, thanks for letting me be a part of the podcast, and I'm happy to help, and hope to see you soon at a convention. And everybody out there, take care. I'd like to thank Sam, Steve, Jonathan, Mark, and Matt for taking the time to sit down for collector conversations and for recording segments live from the day of the auction. In part two, we'll look at the rest of the Star Wars auction, 
and we have another batch of collector conversations coming up, including one with Sam. Sam spent two days in Pennsylvania for the auction, and he certainly has a lot more to share about it. I'll meet you right back here very soon for part two of the Morphe auction experience on Star Wars, prototypes, and production.